I heard just a fork works. Welcome back. This is Head Full of Hannibal, your Baltimore fanable podcast. This is Amy. I'm Jen. I'm Justin. And we are back for season three of Hannibal. Season three, episode one, Antipasto. Yay! Yay! We made it to season three. I know. It's it's three years of show. It's taken us three years to get there. <laughs> That's fine. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I'm going to adjust my... There we go. So... Yeah, I was saying to Jen before we started that I've never really done a full rewatch on Hannibal. So watching this, and it's, I do remember from when I first watched it being like, oh, fucking bets were off. Like, (laughs) they were like, we're just gonna do whatever the hell we feel like. Yeah, it's a miracle we got a season three. So let's go for it. (laughs) Um, And I was... uh, yeah, the fir- just the imagery right from the start. I'm like, mm-hmm. if you came in on season three, like, maybe I'll check this show out. I see people be like, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so, but we're glad for it. And Yay. we're glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Yay. Um, so today, in honor of the beginning of this episode in Paris, we are drinking French 75s. Ching, ching. Ching, ching. Um, which are gin and simple syrup and lemon juice and champagne. And it's pretty tasty. It's delicious. Yes. I um, I used the version out of the book 12 Bottle Bar, but I'm going to put a link to the Epicurious recipe. They all seem to be vaguely the same. Um, and I looked it up and it's from 1915 in the New York bar in Paris is when it was created. It's so swanky. And it's a pretty, like, if you go to a bar, you can order this drink. They're going to know what it is. Yeah, I think right? it's a classic. Yeah, it's a classic drink. So mm-hmm. you can go there and be like a fancy person. Yes. <laughs> But I picked us up some, there is a really good bakery in Baltimore called Patisserie Poupon, and I picked us up some little cakes, which I'm gonna have to drink my drink first, because the sugar to lemon juice oh, podcast yeah. is not gonna be great. But Jed, if you would like to dig in. I might dig in, because um, I know you have a lot of notes to read. Oh, yeah. It's the day, it's daylight savings time today, so we're like both a little, all three of us are a little, we're drinking before Tired. they are, Yes. <laughs> It's got coffee and alcohol and chocolate cake. Um, so I wanted to start with, I have a lot of notes and you all are going to get to listen to me read a lot of stuff today. But uh, I wanted to start with how much I appreciated Bong Joon-ho's Golden Globes acceptance speech yes. quote that people have probably heard of. But the once you overcome the one inch tall barrier of sub barrier of subtitles, you will be introduced to so many more amazing films. I am slightly irritated because there is someone on Twitter who tr- uh, translated exactly what he said mm-hmm. to point out that how well his interpreter, uh, her name is Sharon, I think it's Che, how well she wrapped up and 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 like the way in which she took his words, which were much longer and a little softer, mm-hmm. and made this very direct pointed. Ooh. And there was speculation as to whether she was interpreting on the fly, or if maybe he had written stuff out so she could mm-hmm. do it ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of attention to her through this and the Oscar really? season and everything. Yes, because people, she's been such a great interpreter. And she follows him through every... 
different this time award around. thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah, she was. So it wasn't just the Oscars, right? She was with him this entire press junket and huh. everything. She apparently is also involved in film. I think mm-hmm. as a director. So I've seen people commenting that they're quite excited to see. Wow, what she does. Um, but I wanted to bring it up because, like, we. Like, particularly, you know, through Hannibal, we've watched a lot of media that mm-hmm. Mads has been in that's mm-hmm. not in English. Yeah. And it's like, it's great when people open themselves up to stuff like that. Um, it is great to use the subtitle option to watch Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes I Justin watched me last night trying to turn it on because I didn't get something right at the beginning of the mm-hmm. episode. I think it was in French, though. Mm, no, it wasn't in French. It's right when he first meets Anthony Dimond, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, I'd shake your hand. And Hannibal's like, oh, but it's a double-fisted kind of bash. Uh-huh. It sounded like I, I couldn't tell at all what right. he said. Uh, and I'm like, Fran- I'm like, how the fuck do I turn on subtitles on Amazon? Damn it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we just want to point it out. And I would also just the caveat that he said this in response to people – People's receptions of film from outside, Americans' perceptions to film mm-hmm. that are not in English. Mm-hmm. I know some people pointed out that subtitles don't work for some people because they maybe they can't read them or maybe they have vision impairment and that's so it's right. not going to work for them at all. But it's that's not the point he was trying to make with it. Right. And um, definitely accessibility for media is a big issue. Mm hmm that i feel like the entertainment industry really needs to get <laughs> a yeah. little more developed with yeah i know someone online who is deaf and he has talked about how hard it is to see movies in the theater because mm-hmm. even places that are supposed to have the technology for it mm-hmm. to assist people mm-hmm. uh, don't always have it working or enough units available right stuff like that it's really frustrating yeah wow so more accessibility for everybody mm-hmm. please um my second thing, I after talking shit about my favorite murder, I decided I'd go listen to them. I'm so glad you did that because yeah, I was wondering. I was like, "Ooh, we probably shouldn't have brought that up unless we listen to it at least." I'll back that up or so. Or somebody wants to call me on it, they're welcome to. <laughs> so, I didn't get to listen to a ton of it, but I did. I went and listened to their first episode, mm-hmm. and then I listened to one from about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And last night I read some articles about them mm. and. I may listen to some more episodes if it's something in particular I'm Uh interested in, but I didn't really like it overall, and it was exactly as I thought. I felt like, for me, like, Hannibal is fiction. Mm -hmm. It's horror fiction. Mm -hmm. It's horror TV. um, But it is rooted in a sort of fantastical narrative. Right. I have some issues with a what is a comedy podcast they're like we are a comedy podcast about actual murders oh i didn't know it was they labeled it as a comedy podcast they say at least like from the beginning they're like it's a comedy podcast huh so i don't think that you have to talk about these things all like doom and gloom and it's never right all that but there is just a irreverence to it that didn't sit right with me mm-hmm. um they're listening to the first episode versus a later one i could see how some of their like flow worked out and all but there's 
still a lot of meandering and things I just didn't really like. Yeah. Um, and then I some of the articles I read, it was kind of saying the same thing. Like sometimes they're talking about something really serious, and then suddenly they're talking about like random topics and. Related to this, mm-hmm. um, there's a n- yet another Ted Bundy documentary on Amazon Prime, but it um, is through the lens of the women that survived it mm-hmm. and the families of the women that didn't survive it, and it, it and it just goes into it, it's very much like a, a feminist interpretation of like how you tell this story, um, and I just I watched the first part of it it was pretty interesting i haven't gotten to go back because there's so much tv to watch yes um but i think there's definitely starting to be some pushback on this kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so well and they actually ended up mentioning that show in i listened to the big sweater energy Uh episode because they talk about i cannot remember the first case that they talk about Mm -hmm. but they talk about tiffany taylor who was almost i mean she was a victim Uh but she survived oh Uh, yeah khalil wheeler weaver Mm -hmm. and um uh he was someone who was obsessed with her and uh she went she was uh working as a sex worker Mm -hmm. and they were supposed to meet and he abducted her and raped her and was going to kill her. And the things that she did, I mean, every time they'd say something, I was like, this woman is amazing. But also I get the impression like this woman is a survivor, not from just him, but like a lot of things. A real Molly Graham. (laughs) (laughs) But also like she is – a black woman. She mm-hmm. has lived in poverty. Mm-hmm. She has lived with addiction. Mm-hmm. All these things that, like, she's not just surviving him. She right. there is a lot of things societally that have been stacked against her. Wow. Uh, and she, um, I read an article with her. I mean, she has PTSD, mm-hmm. and it's and she went on the stand when he was like out in trial. Mm. Um, about it and it talks about how she wasn't believed mm-hmm. after it happened like he had her handcuffed and all this stuff and she got away from him mm-hmm. and when she called the cops they were like yeah well, we don't believe you because you're a sex worker yeah and a black woman mm-hmm. and uh it's like oh, god <laughs> and that story is fascinating mm-hmm. to me and mm-hmm. i think that's what we need more of if we're going to talk about these stories mm-hmm. is like that other side of it not how um intelligent and fabulous ted bundy was and they do like they did bring that up in this episode which i appreciated um and they talked about that special Mm -hmm. and i guess they were saying it was like one of the people that they interview it was the daughter of someone who dated ted bundy Mm. and has written about it Mm -hmm. and they're like it's like these women are incredible like to talk to them yeah so yeah like i said i might try maybe listening Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very glad because at one point, like when they, in both of the episodes I listened to, they referred to available audio of like phone calls and stuff from, uh, victims or people who were calling the police about what was happening or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm very glad in the two episodes that I listened to that they did not, uh, they did not play them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know if they do at some point, but that 
is like it's just kicks my empathy in too hard and mm-hmm. i just can't like i find it very upsetting yeah um so that is how i feel about <laughs> my favorite murder <laughs> and that's the word on that yeah oh i, I was going to add that uh, some of the articles i read i know there's one in bitch magazine they also talked about you know the sort of problematic wording they've used and attitudes um, about some of the topics that they're talking about as white women mm. um, that has gotten better. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, I, and I also found some Reddit posts where people were kind of calling them out for uh, some various things. So there was that. There's so much media out there that I don't really, you know, if it's something doesn't work for me, I'm like, Oh, Just moving move on, on to the next thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, next thing I have is people have probably seen this, but uh, Jillian Anderson doing the ASMR oh, yeah. for sex education. <laughs> I was like, I agree with any commenter. He's like, so when is she getting a full time ASMR set up? It was really good. Yeah, it was too short. Between that and this episode we're about to discuss, which is Bedelia heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, oh, we have to do our whole like Gillian Anderson episode mm. at some point. <laughs> Why does start laughing? Because I feel like pronouncing her name. I've never listened to her say it herself. Mm. I feel like it's like the GIF versus GIF thing. Like, do you say a soft G or a hard G on her name? How else would you say? I pronounce uh, everything wrong, so it's. Probably I would say good. Jillian. Jillian. Okay, but it could be with the hard G. Mm. I should look her up. I should find a video of her, like introducing herself. Or I wonder if it changes depending on where she is, because she has, I forgot what it's called, but she, her accent depends on where she is. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that video was great. <laughs> uh, next thing I have is Bruce Goldfarb, who was the executive assistant to the chief medical examiner for the state of Maryland, has written a biography called 18 Tiny Deaths, The Untold Story of Francis Glessner Lee and the Invention of Modern Forensics. She was the person who created the nutshell studies of unexplained oh, yeah. deaths. Mm-hmm. And Bruce was the person who was the curator's not the word, but the like, if you went to the medical examiner's office and made an appointment to see them, he's the person who was like, okay, kind of in charge. Mm-hmm. So he wrote this, I think it's the first biography. Dave, people have written about the nutshell studies, but not about her. So I will put a link to that. It just came out in f- early February, which I found out about because we have friends in common. So people were posting about it on their Facebook feeds. Um, so yeah, I might pick that up when I get through all the other books I'm reading right now. Uh, next up, I think this has gone around the afterbuzztv.com villainism Hannibal and the Demon of Privilege article about did you read that no i read your excerpts in the notes the whole thing is written like this it is some of the purplest prose i ever had in a long time it was great i'm reading it i'm like and i want to quote the entire thing (laughs) because this person obviously loved the show Mm -hmm. and their writing matches the opulence lovely but i have a couple of excerpts i wanted to read because they were just so Mm -hmm. delightful um the uh the writers jason m Lucia? Lucia? I don't... Pam, we can't do any pronunciations. <laughs> okay. 
For three seasons on NBC, of all places, he inhabited (laughs) Brian Fuller's decadent poetic vision of the Hannibal Lecter mythos in what I would argue is the most complex, resonant, and terrifying rendition of the gourmet cannibal supervillain to date, and an episodic cinematic sprawl that is not only better than any of the movies, though each has its stylish charms, but is good, if not better than the books themselves. There, I've said it. I think Thomas Harris and Brian Fuller combined to become something greater than the sum of their arty and impressive parts. <laughs> Yay! Um, the second season unfolds their problematic, mutually aware connection into a grand Guggenhall soap opera that sets up such pulpy, ridiculous narrative laws, realism <laughs> yielding always to gorgeous, pretentious, poetic truth that no shark is ever jumped. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was so appropriate because there are parts when you're like in any other show, you'd be like, fuck this. I love the ridiculous narrative laws. <laughs> and I felt like this was relevant since we just wrapped up mm-hmm. the season two finale. The apex predator drops the bloody mic and he's done with y'all except for his own psychiatrist who seems to be his ambiguously masochistic accomplice and love slave. Hannibal is done with sad boys, sort of. This old money Euro Satan and his girlfriend are running away to Europe. Death behind them and before them. Death above and below. Oh my god, I love it! <laughs> I was like, I practically clapped when I finished reading this. It was so wow. great. There's supposed to be a part two coming up. Oh my god. Because it was written uh, in February. That's fabulous. I was frantically trying to find part two. I'm like, where is it? I need to meet. Because part two is just going to be season three. Oh my god. Um, I had, since we talked about, I I haven't been reading a lot of like Hannibal Mm -hmm, stuff lately. mm -hmm. It's been a lot of the untamed because Mm -hmm. a lot of people have like veered into that fandom. (laughs) I see, you know, familiar names, right? Fix and stuff. Um, I don't think I, I've, because I started making my links so long ago, because it's Mm -hmm. been a while since we recorded. Um, I had, I'm going to link to a, a really big. Uh, fic rec list that was done in January by Dreamwith user Stultillo Quincha. Yeah. Just pronounce everything Baltimore style. <laughs> It'll, It'll, be be It'll be great. <laughs> but I wanted to point out, because we've talked about both Guardian mm-hmm. and The Untamed. And the differences, I think, will make you laugh. <laughs> if you want... Socialist Torchwood with Chinese characteristics, beautiful male leads making eyes at each other, worldly sharp-eyed smart-as-hell 30-somethings in positions of relative responsibility with minions and grad students to worry about who know, who know themselves and their capabilities and prefer to be underestimated, sleek jackets, ripped jeans, fussily tailored suits with ascots and sleeve garters, a budget of half a shoestring, indifferent writing, um, a grand cathartic cathartically tragic finales and a mountain of fix it ignore it fic on AO3 then watch Guardian (laughs) if you want the Cimmerillion basically (laughs) beautiful male leads making eyes at each other brash overconfident smart as hell youths raging against injustice perpetrated by authority followed after a time jump by tired 30-somethings trailed by a dozen ducklings trying to catch a murderer so they can clear their names and go home to bed Flowing robes and swords. Gorgeous locations, silly CGI, great writing, dismal editing. Um, genocide. But a happy ending. Then watch The Untamed. 
So yeah, that that was I was like that. Yeah, really that sums it. it up. I'm always confused because without context, I always wonder with um, <clears throat> with Guardian, like where's Rocket? Oh, when you hear the the name, yeah. <laughs> could totally be in there. Mm. Yeah, the chocolate's good. Mm, they're, they're both they're, good. They're, oh, from yeah. the internets, uh, from Jillian Anderson herself, my name is pronounced with a soft G, not a hard one. It's like, it's Jill like jam as opposed to gun. So there you go. From herself. Thanks. I can't hear you very well in your mic. I'll fix it in post. Okay. <laughs> in case anybody Jillian. can't hear Justin, we have the confirmation. It's a soft G. Personally, I think GIF is a hard G. Because of graphics, but that's just me. I think it goes either way. Yeah, because it stands for graphic interface something, whatever. Interchange interchange format, yes. Yeah. Uh, And then there was this uh, tweet about the Untamed, but I really liked it because I think it can say, it says something about media, a lot of media, including Mm -hmm. Hannibal, Mm -hmm. where they're talking about it and the user is sad wonky on Twitter. I've legit seen people saying that the drama barely gives an indication of their quote unquote gayness because it lacked kissing. Hello, did we watch the same thing? Um, a following tweet intimacy isn't a concept exclusive to sex. Non sexual intimacy is just as real and captivating, if not more. The chemistry between the actors bled right through and gave us some of the most intimate moments without them having to do so much as physically touch. Intimacy is about trust. It's about being open and vulnerable in ways that extend far beyond sexual means. It's sharing the most fragile side of you with someone, knowing you'll only ever be met with their acceptance and love. (laughs) And I was like, well, that sounds familiar. (laughs) I also delighted in some of the responses. I have not seen the series. I'm not even gay. And yet I can sense the immense gayness radiating from the show the same way you can tell where the sun is in your eyes closed on a summer day. It, it's amazing and wonderful. Ranger had an opinion. This is about Hannibal. That is about the untamed. Oh, but I feel like it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, except the whole trust thing. But, <laughs> but there is the thing of like, in a way, there is sort of that... um like Hannibal is opening up to Will and gets acceptance at the end. Oh yeah, and Will is in a way vulnerable to Hannibal and gets it too. Totally, totally. It's just there's a lot of drugs and gaslighting. Yes, <laughs> it takes a while. Every relationship has its own arc. <laughs> it could take a while to get there. The last one, a tweet I had was, my mom watched it with me and didn't understand the context behind it. And a few days later, she came to me and was like. They're gay, aren't they? Friends don't stare at each other like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was rooted in that show, but I felt was very applicable. Yeah. Uh, and last thing I have is I have seen in three different fics I read recently, the poet Richard, I think it's Seekin, mm-hmm. pop up. He is a queer writer. Uh, he has a couple of collections out that actually I'll link to them. They, uh, somebody, I don't think he did it. Somebody's put them up on Genius, mm-hmm. so you can read all the poems. Mm. But actually, when I went, he, through his website, has a bunch of them linked places. And then if you Google them, it's like, they've just, like, all been put up. Like, people have just put them everywhere. Um, though, of course, you know, buy people's works if you really connect mm-hmm. in love with them. Mm-hmm. Also, Slippy, our our guest from last 
time wrote a fic for an exchange for the untamed fandom called Sugar Cube, a link to it, uh, where she quotes it. And the poem that she used and that I liked this bit is called Snow and Dirty Rain. We have not touched the stars, nor are we forgiven, which brings us back to the hero's shoulders and the gentleness that comes not from the absence of violence, but despite the abundance of it. Mm. Like that. So I was like, you know, if somebody shows up three times <laughs> in like the span of, oh, six weeks, like, right. I should check their stuff Pay out. attention. Uh, there was another one, I think, in poems called Little Beast that I really liked. Mm. And one, Shahrazad, that I've seen referenced a couple times. I'll have so, to check them out. I just realized that I put all my links in last night and then just promptly stopped doing the rest of our notes that's for the fine. show <laughs> I'm like, what was i thinking so jen you have a note here oh that's just from our, our recs at the end oh okay yeah cool. i feel like i have no recs because i basically just put them all into the show that's note. cool well then i'll just do something at the end cool. and then we'll be done yeah um so are you ready to go on to the episode oh yes let's talk about hannibal, <laughs> hannibal. it's been too long <laughs> Let me take a sip of my drink. <sighs> Justin, you, you need a top off? I'm good, thank you. Okay. Did you watch this episode, Justin? I sat down and watched it this Oh, good. Because yeah. yeah. as I was watching it, I was like, oh, I hope Justin watches this because the the um, soundtrack in it is so insane. It, it was very musical this time in a very strange way. Yeah. Like, like it, they had musical cues, but they were not uh, the instruments that you would expect. And there's this kind of like um, little... Electronic organy sounds that were just kind of like they worked really well, mm-hmm. but something you're like when thinking like, yeah, we're we're out of the state, so let's play something. Yeah, it sounds completely different than the first two seasons yeah. in a way. Like it's there's definitely like there's this. Complete it's it's shift. good because they like because they're establishing a new place, so yeah. they have a new sound for that. Yeah. Well, do you think it could be also like the first two seasons are very like horror rooted in the horror genre, mm-hmm. and I feel like at least this part of Season three, mm-hmm. it's kind of different. It is horrific shit is still happening, and it's very. I think it's very sort of European horror, though. Oh, yeah. Um, like I could see it as the beginning of Suspiria. Let's say it, yeah, we could do a Giallo <laughs> of Hannibal. That'd be great. <laughs> you know, where like everything's Italy, kind of this. like like you get over the flu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, everything's kind of like stylish and beautiful, but also you're like, wait a minute, something mm-hmm. like horrible is going to go yeah. out at some point. <laughs> Something's rotten underneath all of it. <laughs> but I, so the just the beginning, I was like, Jesus Christ, this fucking leathers. <laughs> I said to Justin, I'm like, I hope whoever bought those during the 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 auction wears them. I was like. Lays on them, rolls around on them, has sex on them. I don't know. You know that they got sniffed immediately, <laughs> even though they've been probably washed down with cheap vodka, yeah. as you do for costumes. As you do. I mean, I like I said, I sniffed to the sweater, even though <laughs> it's been in Bentley's care for. I think that was now. one of the funniest moments in fandom ever for me. Is just like going up to someone's hotel room, <laughs> like, okay, the three of you, you want to see the sweater. <laughs> What has my life become? Mm-hmm. But it was fabulous. Be like, yes, I would like to <laughs> to sniff the cannibal sweater. The uh, soft it was, red it breakfast was soft. sweater. I would totally want to wear it. <laughs> I um, yeah, it was cashmere. I admire her restraint. 
but yeah, that the leather, the motorcycle, the oh whole beginning. I was like, hello, sexy predator. Yeah. And just, I made a point of it that this is the... Not softer Hannibal in the sense that he is, like, literally softer, Mm -hmm. but he's just, like, he says he's taken off the person suit, and all of his, everything he wears feels a little more relaxed. Yeah. He's less constrained. His hair is longer and softer. Mm -hmm. He just looks, just his facial expressions, like, he rolls into that party like he fucking owns it, but in a completely different energy than he does in the other seasons. Yeah. Well, this first episode is so purely just about aesthetics. Mm -hmm. There's no Will Graham in it. It's the only episode. I think his name is mentioned once. No Will. Well, they were were talking like, "Um, I'm not Will. (laughs) Yeah, and that's it. I think it's the only time Abel's like, I'm not Will Graham or something. Um, And... And it's very deliberate, and it's, yeah, like, the whole thing is just, like, the, it could be called the absence of will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I remember seeing it for the first time when it aired on television after, I don't know, a year, several Mm -hmm. months and months of a wait, where the last episode that everybody watched was the end of season two. Oh, yeah. And so you come into it thinking like, oh, my God, what is this? Like, what's the fallout going to be? And you don't get any of the fallout. Mm. You don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. you have no idea. And I remember that being really frustrating to me and not loving the episode as much as I love it on a rewatch. Mm -hmm. Because I was looking for some sort of answer Mm -hmm. to all of those questions. Which is kind of great because the show doesn't hand you answers. Yeah. Sometimes it never answers them. Yeah, and 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 I totally am like, thank you, like thank you for mm-hmm. doing this in the long run. Yeah. But like, I didn't know what was good for me. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Harris, Brian Fuller together, great in some other parts. And yeah. and now, like on the rewatch, it's like totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, you need a breather. You don't get the answers mm-hmm. because after a horrible breakup like that, you don't get answers. Mm-mm. And Hannibal's doing his thing. He's like, he's. You know, throwing caution to the wind. He's like, fuck it all. I'm just going to live my life. Will doesn't exist. It's his version of the post-breakup haircut. Yes. It totally is. You know? So, yeah. We just get, like, an an hour of just living life with Hannibal at his, (laughs) like, most ridiculous. Yeah. His, his, like, (laughs) playing house with Bedelia. And, well, and it's also, I think, then... It establishes as you watch this entire part of the season mm-hmm. how affected he is. It seems yeah. in the first episode like he isn't. He's like, fuck that shit. Like, I have moved on. And you're like, oh, God, I haven't. <laughs> you have not moved on at all. No, at all. girlfriend, no. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I really appreciated it. it. Yeah, I love it a lot more on a rewatch mm-hmm. now. Good job, Brian Fuller. We believe yeah. in you. Yeah, I have such underlying notes as fucking leather. <laughs> it gets weird immediately. <laughs> and then we have Thirsty Scarf Dad. Thirsty Scarf Dad. And I was telling Justin, I'm like, I was like, it's so funny to watch that now, mm-hmm. having met the actor mm-hmm. who does not at all, at least in the situation we met him in, exude that confidence that that character no, has not at all i was like he seemed really introverted sort of confused <laughs> and much younger than they really um 
I can't remember if he if I said to Justin, I feel like they upped the gray in his hair or something I think to give they did him too. that sort of look. Or when or when we met him at the con, maybe his hair was dyed yeah, hair. for some sort of or he was a lot look. shorter. Yeah. Um but yeah, he looked a little bit older and more like an academic mm-hmm. type. Um a fucking insufferable, annoying academic. Yeah. Um and but sort of like salty in a way that I could see where Hannibal was like, okay, this will be my Will Graham substitute. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. He's sort of like in the running during this episode. <laughs> the options are not all off the table. For your consideration, Hannibal, <laughs> here's this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I have to eat some cake. Yeah, eat some cake. Um, that one's better than I expected. The strawberry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the strawberry is better than the chocolate almost. We're eating an opera tart? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a name, but it's, I guess, like a white chocolate mousse layered with um, slices of, real thin slices of a vanilla cake and maybe a strawberry jam and strawberries like embedded through the whole thing. And I'm not usually a white chocolate person. It's not mm. super sweet. I think there's a little almond in there. Oh. I think there's a marzipan. Well, it's French. So, yeah. Um, it's real good. It was worth leaving my house on a Saturday <laughs> to drive down there, buy pastries, and then immediately turn around and come back. <laughs> That's all I did. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the oh, I pointed out that Hannibal, true to form, starts off with the puns. Like, he's got all the stuff. Then Justin was like, wow, look at that champagne. (laughs) Wow, that's real. uh, They didn't, like, not make a point with that champagne. It's kind of spurting out just like the blood was spurting (laughs) out. Well, and other things. (laughs) We were just like, okie doke. They really just are like, fuck it, whatever. Oh, which, by the way, um, if you go on YouTube, we'll link to it. I'll, I'll get the link, but um, Alton Brown has a tutorial on how to open champagne bottles with a sword. Mm. Um, if you ever want to do it yourself. Well, I have swords, many of them. Yeah, because <laughs> it's totally a thing you can do. I'm going to write down Alton, because I know it's usually, is it like a Scottish thing? I don't know. It's like a military, I feel like it's a military Scottish thing that they do. I don't know. For some reason, I have a, I have just have this. Picture in my head of a man in a kilt opening a bottle of champagne with a saber. Mm. <laughs> what kind of man? <laughs> what a kilt? A kilt? Like a, a like a Ewan McGregor type or like sort a- of yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally a Ewan McGregor type. Um, I'm writing a note here to myself. Oh, Alton Brown sword. After I looked it up. I'll you did? The show notes. Yeah, okay. he's got some like very particular pointers about oh, it yeah. on how to do it the right way because you, you ice, just kind of half ass it. ice things for 10 minutes. It's, yeah. It, it's an Alton Bound thing. So like there's like 70 steps. <laughs> Three of them are a lot of work that make it like 6% easier. <laughs> Weren't you commenting the other day about me doing something and you were like Alton Brown makes it much more difficult? That's just my experience with them. <laughs> I love it because like I need to... I, I need to know the science behind what I'm doing for uh-huh. it to make any sense. Otherwise, it's just kind of meaningless ritual. Right. Mm. And so, like, a lot of cooking is just like, you just do that. I'm like, why? I'm like, you just do that. 
I need to actually read like, oh, you're you're aerating things or the 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 acid in the milk mixed with with baking soda at this time when it heats up to this degree and like, oh, uh-huh. now I know why I'm doing that. What's well, the sure. what's the science food people that you read? You would pull recipes. They're the ones you use for your pie crust, I thought. Oh, that's the – we'll put this in the show notes because I really like the book. It's Ratio, mm. where they teach cooking as a ratio of ingredients. Like for making a pie crust, it's three to one. You have three parts flour, two parts fat, one part water. I'd like to point out that Justin makes fucking amazing pie crusts. <laughs> fucking amazing And then I read Dalton Brown's way to do it, which is six times more difficult and probably a bit better. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about it. He makes really great pie crusts. I have a feeling you probably have a, an, a hidden talent for laminated pastry, which is the kind of stuff used in <laughs> um, croissants and the Queen of Mons mm. and all that, where you fold it, layer mm-hmm. it, roll it. And in in high school, when we did the, the aptitude tests, I came up as most like a like a pastry chef or probably a, a medical textbook illustrator. I'm not very good at trying, so probably not that. And least like a cop or a gym teacher. <laughs> I would agree with all these assessments. It's like <laughs> astonishingly accurate. I feel everybody I know is least like a cop or a gym teacher. <laughs> I think I probably know some. I would watch you. a show that was a, a pastry cop. There's a secret a pastry, pastry, pastry cop. cop. Pastry cop, yes. The pastry chef is a secret cop. Pastry cop. Who would not watch that? I feel like amazing. Scott Thompson could star in that. <laughs> yeah. Greenwood, let's do this. Brian, are you doing anything right now? <laughs> pastry cop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for some reason. It's making me think of Vanicula with like the celery stalks in it. <laughs> but I, not, maybe not a medical illustrator, but you probably could have been a medical photographer. I've known somebody who did that. Like, I'm, I was like, that's real. You do what? He's like, well, I go into like surgeries and stuff and take photos. Oh my God. And speaking of photos, um, check out our social media. I spent a lot, way too much time in the last, uh, last episode art. Oh. I took like over a hundred pictures trying oh. to figure it out. <laughs> I mean, you know, I realized you sent me the link of you doing that video. You sent me the gifts of the ketchup, <laughs> and you sent me a video I can't find. So you, uh, I'm going to ask you for those again. So we'll I can repost it. But yeah, there's there's video of me taking our Funko Pops and spraying ketchup all over <laughs> <Just> them again, <laughs> all over. Thank and then wiping it up. I had like I had trash bags down. I <laughs> Oh my god. Thank goodness I'm a person who's like, let's always have a backup for what's in the cupboard because yeah. it was a lot of ketchup at the end of the day. I was like, and the notes were like, it's still not bloody enough. No, oh, yeah. It's like no more, please. So back on track. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the champagne bottles. The champagne bottles. <laughs> um, oh Justin, look, it's my first it's my first notes to myself that I can't read. I I'm Everyone blame, take a drink. I'm gonna blame it on the fact that my pen was slowly dying and I had to switch somewhere oh, okay. in here. Um oh so there is when he's waiting for the Dr. Fell, mm-hmm. you know, he says bonsoir mm-hmm. outside of the party, which I pointed out to Justin is the only word in French that my father taught me. <laughs> my dad speaks Canadian French as his first language, and I know none of it. Um and then he's waiting for Dr. Fell at his house and he says it again and they close up on his face. And I said, it reminded me of those photos when people's or the videos when people's cats get real close to the camera and they look real pleased with themselves. <laughs> he just looks so like, yes, mm-hmm. like I am back on track, mm-hmm. but sort of like, what's the word I'm thinking of? 
um, reasonably pleasant about the entire thing. Like, obviously, this is the right thing to be doing right now, as it like, it's that close up focus. Right. Um, and I also, or actually, it wasn't with that guy. Sorry, it was with the wife when he's eating. Oh, right yeah, before the it. credits roll. Yeah. yeah, when he's eating the what is that? A liver that he's eating? Yes, he's eating his liver. Which I oh shoot, I forgot to look at. That's what <sighs> my note was was to look it up and see what. Yeah, uh, that is. But like a hardly cooked liver. It's like uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like liver and like pate and stuff, but mm-hmm. I haven't eaten it just cooked. Justin's a liver and onions person. I like going to the old folks' restaurants and getting liver and onions. Yes. Mm. The diner in Cambridge, Maryland. <laughs> if you're coming back or forth from Ocean City, has it. Do not get the Brussels sprouts, though, mm. because they, like, cook the shit out of them. They're not hipster Brussels <laughs> they sprouts. They're not hipster Brussels They have not been loved. No. Um, but I think I I took that, also him sitting there eating that, mm-hmm. as a callback to season one. You were introduced to Hannibal eating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Looking pleased as punch yes. about his, yeah. And it, it from yeah. up on him. That's really, that's, yeah, that's good. Cause he is, he's totally like, I'm back. Yeah. And then before he, I met that person, I'm not going to talk about right now. Who? Will who? <laughs> Will grab what? Baltimore where? <laughs> I know none of these things. I know only Dr. Fell. Uh huh. That's right. They go into the scene with him and Abel, and all of the scenes with Abel that are in black and white. I know it's a good way to distinguish time shifts, mm-hmm. but I also wondered if it was a take on how he feels about that, like an emotional shutdown, like these are literally gray, like flat. Yeah. I'm not giving any energy to mm-hmm. him, particularly because it's Abel, it's not Will. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was also very much a, um, the Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz kind of thing, like back in Kansas, mm-hmm. which is the same thing as what you're talking about. Yeah, but I mean, it's definitely for our culture a shorthand for like that Wizard of yeah. Oz thing. Yeah, you take that when you, things go. Yeah, it gives you a time difference, a place difference, and also an emotional yeah distance mm-hmm. from all of it. Um, the I there's a lot of that discourse of like. I I don't remember if this is where if this is the introduction or a reiteration of Hannibal pointing out about how it's not it's okay to eat people if you don't see them as equals. <laughs> He's like, fine. And I just gotta say, the fucking whatever they're eating looks delicious as shit. It really like, does eating, look good. I'm like, that looks so good. <laughs> Abel's like, I'm not eating this because it's me. And I'm like, I don't know. It looks really good. So if it was, if that, if my leg was served to be looking like that, I, it'd be hard. I just got finished watching um, the second season of Ugly Delicious mm-hmm. on Netflix, which is really good. And there's an episode where they go to a cattle ranching farm in Iberico, Spain. Mm-hmm. So it's like the top level. The cows mm. are like treated like family. Mm-hmm. And they ask the guy the question, like, how can you slaughter these cows after you've raised them in such this amazing way where you're taking care of them like, you know, they're your valued pets. And he's like, I it's it's an honor. And I, I do it to honor them. And, you know, they serve like they don't serve meat that's just like, raised to the point of adulthood and killed, they're serving meat that's like six and seven year old cows. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
it, and he, uh, all the language he used was Hannibal language, mm. like like either honoring them or um you know just like these are just these other creatures that i'm now like you know it was just really interesting to me because like oh yeah <laughs> sounds just like a cannibal <laughs> well you know it's funny when you said that in the honoring way it for the first time made me think about when uh you hear people in indigenous cultures talk about their relationship to their food yeah and, you know, honoring these things. And I actually, I know someone who was raised on a farm, mm-hmm. and she was like, we named all our animals. And when they slaughtered their animals, and they processed them, they would package their food with the animals names, mm. so that when they ate them, mm-hmm. they knew who it was. they were like, you know, they could include it, like she said, they would sometimes include it in their, you know, when they say grace Ellie before the cow. Yeah, yeah, like, thanks. And it, it also makes me think of you were saying that they're not eating animals that have been raised just to the point of maturity uh-huh. or whatever. Yep. It's like if you treat your animals well, like I feel like we do that because we don't keep our livestock in good enough conditions often. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the thing of like, they're too old, they're too tough, they're too whatever. Right. Because they haven't been treated well. Yeah. Enough. And they talk about that. They talk about they're like, well, in America, like we have this thing where it's like a six year old cow, like you wouldn't eat it because it would be horrible. And the guy was sitting there eating a steak and he was like, this is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. And the the guy from Spain was like, well, that's because this is what we do. He also interesting, interestingly had a bull that he kept that he said he should have slaughtered like four years ago and he couldn't do it. And he was sitting there petting it and he was like, yeah, I just like me and this bull are mm-hmm. like, he's part of the family and I can't do it. So yeah, I thought the whole thing was like really fascinating. <laughs> well, it, it's, I think it points out how more complex our relationships are mm-hmm. or can be. Mm-hmm. How horrible it is that the systems we have now has shut down people from that. We ask people to do really difficult things without honoring the fact that they are really difficult things. Yeah. Um, It reminded me also, I I watched the first episode of Salt, Acid, Fat, Heat. Mm -hmm. And it's like the same thing. These people whose lives are intrinsically tied to the animals that they work with. Yeah. And... And the, like, I felt in that, like, no, but they don't really get into, like, I feel like that, the slaughtering and all, mm-hmm. but they, it it felt like the people are very aware of, like, mm-hmm. what they were doing and how they are treating the animals they're working with mm-hmm. and how, when they're alive and when they're dead, like, how do we treat this and make the most yeah. And honor all parts. Honor all the parts of this animal. <laughs> yeah, the part where they're like at with the pigs and the guy's breaking down uh-huh. the pig. And he at some point just like slices a piece of meat off, like slices it off and they just eat it straight. Like, <laughs> that's not cured. That's Whoa. not nothing. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> you have to feel really good about what you're doing because we're so ingrained in like it's got to be cured or yeah. cooked or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, that. Wow, I watched. I haven't watched any more of that show because I was so screamingly jealous. 
of the food experiences. I'm addicted to the, all the food shows on Netflix, but <laughs> especially Ugly Delicious is really good. I'll have to look at that one. I should watch these more often. Because it's David Chang who or Oh, Momofuku. Yeah, Momofuku, yeah. He I loves sh- food. Yeah. It's great to watch. And he's eat. from Northern Virginia. So yeah. in the first episode, he goes back to Northern Virginia oh. to his like, Korean family. Um, <laughs> and it's the most adorable thing ever because he has his mother and his mother-in-law in the kitchen together. Oh, that sounds tense. Yeah. <laughs> Cooking um, traditional Korean food for his um, wife who is pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like there's some sort of thing that you like seaweed you soup. Yes, yeah, seaweed soup. So and they both have different opinions about what to put in it, and it's oh. kind of hysterical. <laughs> yeah, seaweed soup is usually given to women right after they give birth. Let me rephrase that: given to people right after they give birth because uh-huh. it's considered to be like strengthening. And then um, it is usually made for you on your birthday. Right. It's to, a traditional birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Food. I think they said like Mother's Day too, or your mom's mm. birthday or something. Like to like so it's definitely like tied into childbirth. But anyway, total sidetrack, yeah. but they're good things. Watch it. It's really I good. Should, I should totally watch yeah. it. Um Yeah, I just I watch these things and I'm like, oh <laughs> I want this food right now. I mean, that was the hard thing with with people talked about Hannibal, how they were like, I some people were like, I can't eat while I watch this. And I'm like, I, I want to eat good food. While I have I watch a this. I have a vegan friend who is a super horror fan and I really want to watch her to watch Hannibal. And she's just like, I can't do it. That would just really just freak me out too much to see somebody eating people in that way. <laughs> I'm like, but it's really beautiful and it looks delicious. <laughs> but it's people, not poor animals. It's natural. <laughs> um, Grass fed. <laughs> <laughs> people probably taste terrible. They probably do. Um, sorry, that was my whole point with the black and white. <laughs> I can flip my page now. Oh, so then we're back in it's really I found it I was confused, even though I knew the story for a minute where they like flipped to Florence, they don't give you any segue. Oh, between France and Florence. Yeah. Suddenly you're like right in it uh-huh. with the dancing. And I remember I was telling Justin about the thing that um Jillian Anderson was saying how she was like so into that dress that he was basically like just like her feet were off the floor. Yeah. And they make it look so effortless. She, she just had the best job ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was at one point, I was like, this had, go- I mean, oh, yeah, it just had to be fucking You great. wouldn't have to pay me Mm-mm. for that. I would probably pay for it. <laughs> and then we saw the person at the con who had the dress. Mm-hmm. I remember there was the teeny tiny, yeah, teeny tiny dress. And it looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when he dips her, I was like, I'd be so concerned I was going to pop out of the top of that thing. <laughs> mm. But then there's the jackass. <laughs> Dr. Sogliato, which I ended up looking it up. And uh-huh. I was wondering if his name was based on this. There is the, pardon me, drinking Prosecco, so now I'm Burby. <laughs> oh, I forgot we had more. Oh, yes, please. Top <laughs> off, because I can't finish that bottle like tonight before it goes flat. I don't know if you want some, Justin, but it's not as sweet as the Prosecco. It's drier. Sure. Um, there is the noun Soglia, which means threshold. Mm. And I was like, was this literally a play on him being a gatekeeper? I'm certain of it because this is like Thomas Harris stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's totally yeah. his MO. <laughs> and that guy is like not even subtle. He's like, 
whatever. I guess maybe you think you know Dante, but I don't think you know Dante like the Italians do. Uh-huh. Oh, I just wanted to punch his... I mean, and he gets his due later, but... Yeah. And one of the few scenes in Hannibal that does make me cover my eyes. <laughs> Him getting it later. Yeah, it's great. And the guy in the mural, like, pulling himself free. Oh. There's, yeah. a, like, the couple of scenes where I'm like, oh, I can't watch that. Oh, I forgot to look up Dante's first son- sonnet, but I think that's the whole part about the burning heart. And right. It so it's the, the same sun, one yeah. that's turned into the opera mm. part later on in Hannibal, the movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's about eating the heart. And you can see Bedelia look at Hannibal like, oh, you're going to fucking eat his heart, aren't you? <laughs> like, shut up. Here we go. You are so <laughs> obvious. She's like, so don't you want to dance? Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. You need to get yourself out of this situation. And I'm yep. like, that guy's opening his mouth and you're like, you fucking moron. Yep. You're signing your own death sentence. Yep. But in a way, haven't we all wanted to do that to some <laughs> asshole who like – mansplains and gatekeeps yeah. us yep <sighs> um the whole scene in their apartment you pointed out how you think that the copper tub is all a reference to misha yeah Ooh, yeah yeah totally which is so fabulous that brian fuller can do that kind of mm-hmm. stuff Justin pointed out how he was totally fascinated with Gillian Anderson's like musculature and everything and all of this. Yes, it's like, very fascinating. I need to study this <laughs> closely <laughs> in detail. I agree. <laughs> um, but I took the whole scene of her in the bathtub also to be a parallel to mm-hmm. Alana's scene in the finale. Oh, yeah. You know, I just noticed on this rewatch, like the water goes really dark and you can't see her when she goes under. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But her whole like, she is like Alana's whole thing is like her dream where she is unwittingly and unwillingly subsumed by all this water mm-hmm. and Bedelia both purposely submerges herself and purposely pulls herself back mm-hmm. out again. Mm-hmm. Like that, I took it as a parallel. I don't know if it was or not, but no, I think so. I also want that tub. <laughs> Yeah, I want that tub in that apartment. <laughs> yes, I want all of it. Now, um, our life is unfair. We need all of these things. <laughs> um. Oh, it's her scene with finding Hannibal in her house, which I was like, Bedelia, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what the? F- why did you go back to your goddamn house? And I wonder if she. I don't think they ever explained this. If she did it on her own, mm-hmm. or if she has heard of what's going on like yeah i think it had to be she heard something happening or she well i don't know that's a really good question because it appears like it's the same night yeah oh yeah Mm -hmm. he's washing will's blood off Mm. (laughs) sad boys so yeah (laughs) um washing that man right out of his hair and she <laughs> and she comes in. Oh yeah, sorry. This is the episode of all the like very particular like, shots of the gun and the wine, the towel. Justin, I just heard Justin laugh behind I me know, on the couch. It's hysterical. <laughs> but I will say, I appreciate. I mean, I think Mads is very handsome, but also so nice to see a like older, mm-hmm. fit, mm-hmm. yes, fit, but older body. Mm-hmm. 
on screen. Um, we're so used to the like young, over muscled, waxed, yeah, tan. Well, he is tan, <laughs> but yeah. it was just like, yeah, it was very nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very fit dad bod. A plus plus. A thanks. Plus. Uh, but just the whole like when she comes in. I was wondering if she guessed he would be there, if she knew he was there, why she was coming back. That's mm-hmm. never really explained, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, you're right. It's not. I don't know. And she seems to sort of just give herself over to the whole situation. She's mm-hmm. like, well, here's... Like, she has the gun, but you're like, Patel, oh, you're never going to fucking She's use that gun. Yeah. You just like to look tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. But I mean, it was worth it for the shower. <laughs> that is a goddamn beautiful scene. Yes. Anyway, Bedelia's shopping. Right. To kind of try and tip off somebody that something's going on. I can't remember from from the books, one way they track Hannibal is through his shopping receipts, right? Yes. Yeah. So I think what they're doing in the show is saying that it wasn't just Hannibal um, forgetting that they might track him through his taste, but... Mm -hmm. That Bedelia's hoping that they're going to track him through his taste. Because she orders the same thing every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And I wonder her motivation. Because you get, the, I get the impression at first that she's kind of fully on board with whatever's going on. Uh-huh. With Hannibal. And it's only really towards the end of the episode that I got the impression that she's like, oh, fuck, I'm in over my head. Yeah, well, I mean, she said she's really curious about what will happen Mm -hmm. so i think curiosity kind of leads her into this Mm -hmm. and then she says like right before she goes under in the bathtub that um she still feels like she's in control Mm -hmm. i forget the line is but she's like yeah i still feel like i'm in control of this situation for myself Mm -hmm. but then she like dips under in the bathtub and clearly like she's fooling herself yes yeah, so it's like her kind of descent into like, oh my god. She's literally in over her head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was I, I I was trying to see the point like you see the scene, there's these mirrored scenes of her shopping. Mm-hmm. And there's the one where she very deliberately looks at the camera. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to feel out like when she decided, oh sh- like like what her shift was to be like, I-, I need to get somebody. And also like, is she trying to get help or is it more like, she's also curious, like I'm curious what Hannibal's going to do, but I'm curious what's going to happen if I think there's like in. The, in this episode is very much a Bedelia episode in a number of ways. And I think through the whole thing, there's a bunch of like, Oh shit moments for her that get worse and worse and worse. Mm. And when Anthony Dimon shows up, <laughs> Did he just show up? <laughs> he might be at our door. <laughs> Did Anthony Dimon own a dog? <laughs> hmm. Hey, bud. Come here. Um, yeah, when Anthony Dimon shows up, I think she sees right away what's going on with that. And like, is this going to be like the new Will Graham? Is Hannibal grooming this guy? Because he seems like he's kind of okay with very strange situations. And he's, and then when he finally is like, okay with the fact that clearly Hannibal's masquerading as this guy he used to know, mm-hmm. 
and he's chill with that, I think that's when Bedelia's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> this is a game I do not want to play. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, this whole episode is about her getting more and more scared that she's gotten in too far. Well, it's also the contrast with Will, where Will, like, gets in deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper mm-hmm. and never steps out. Will right. never is like, fuck this game. Fuck that. Because like, no. Will Graham can take the pain. <laughs> Wilgram is the pain. Um, But yeah, Bedelia very much has like a point where she's like, I'm done Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. this. Yep. And the dinner party where I pointed out to Justin, I was like, the way she eats those oysters is (laughs) fucking disgusting. I was thinking of you as I was rewatching. Like, oh, Amy hates this part. I have eaten raw oysters Mm -hmm. and will probably eat them in the future. Mm -hmm. Like, eaten them, a lot of them. And the just the way she, like, it's like she puts them in her mouth like she doesn't want to eat them and she sort of holds them there. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, that looks so gross. Also, humans can't eat acorns unless they're prepared properly. Oh, they talk about I think you have to leach the tannins out of them. Mm -hmm. I think in native foods and cuisines, they are used as a flower, but I think you have to soak them in something. And I'm going to try to remember to look this up. Okay. Um, But I don't think you can just like eat an acorn like it's a nut. Well, I'm sure Hannibal prepared them properly. (laughs) (laughs) Just throw some raw acorns on a plate. (laughs) But the, um, yeah, the whole, the way she... So gross. Yeah, and she probably is just like, uh, I am aware that I'm eating things that make me taste good, um, <laughs> and I don't know what that's going to be about yeah. or hot, but I don't want to eat meat because God knows who I'm eating. Yeah. So. I'm like, you have the credit card. Go buy yourself some fucking lunch. <laughs> Lady. Run down to McDonald's. <laughs> Whatever. Have some pasta. <laughs> You're in Italy. Get a really good pizza. Have some gelato. Yeah. Yeah. See all things. But the the whole thing, like, oh, God, now watching it, I'm like, Anthony Dimond is so cringy. He's really cringy. It's like, you think you are the coolest person in the room, and you're not in the, just, this whole scene is delightful, and how Hannibal is just, like, in his element. Oh, my God. That, the dinner scene and Hannibal's face when they're having that discussion, and he's just, like, so full of glee. He's like, it's just the way he's like, looking back. It's like, amazing. Oh, my God. I can't believe this is happening to me. <laughs> what are you going to say? What are you going to say? I'm game. What's going to happen? And I, you know, I said to Justin, I said to Justin, and I'm sure most people feel like this. I'm like, I mean, I'd hit both of that. Like, exactly. I'm like, I wouldn't be like, is this that kind of party? I'd be like, oh, it is. Like, I want to go on the record in front of like all everyone here and the fans. Like, that's not even a question if they say, do you want? I'm saying yes. I'm not waiting for your answer, Amy. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure I know what your answer is anyway. Yeah. And we'll work out the, the details. Like, you're in on Europe. <laughs> That reminds me of the meme or something that was. Do you swing? It was a picture from when they, the Doctor Strange, like, yes. best tour of Tilda Swinton and Mads Mikkelsen. Yes. And they're like, it seems like that European couple you meet on vacation who <laughs> asks you if you swing. And I'm, all you can say is yes. I do now. That yeah. was one of the best tweets ever. <laughs> I was like, and it's the same thing. I'd be like, it's not do I, but um, how quickly you? can we get down to it? Mm. I pointed out to Justin that 
I really appreciated watching Gillian Anderson in this because I've been watching some um, Korean dramas with actresses in their 40s. Mm -hmm. And I mean, plastic surgery and different skincare stuff and all is, I mean, there's, it's very like common there and very open about that people, like they, people don't point out that they do it, but it's known that they do it. Uh huh. So I've started watching a bunch of shows and staring at people's foreheads <laughs> to be like, do they or do they not do yes, Botox? Yes, upper lips too. And I was lo- watching Jillian Anderson where she is talking and like her forehead, like she's got lines across her forehead. And I really appreciated it because mm-hmm. I'm watching shows with people in their 20s, well, let's switch 20s, but 30s. Mm-hmm. They still have movement around their eyebrows, but their foreheads never wrinkled, never anything. Um, maybe they're just keeping their faces incredibly still, but I, it was so nice. And then when I watched the ASMR mm-hmm. thing to see, I'm like, she looks her age. Yeah. She looks like a really good version of her age. Mm-hmm. And if people want to do that stuff, I'm like, fine, you do you, whatever, right. I don't care. But it's nice to see it not yeah, like that. I'm not, and I'm not saying she hasn't done any work or doesn't use any mm-hmm. treatments or mm-hmm. anything. Um, but I think it's really good for people to see. She seems to be approaching it like, here is the best version of my age and not like, I am fighting what age I am. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Which I think helps create a healthier, more realistic mm-hmm. view mm-hmm. of what people look like. If you're one of the most beautiful people ever. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> genetics play a big part. True. But I was, I was like, oh my gosh, like they don't, she's really expressive with her eyebrows and all and it's not hidden. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, if you're an actor, why would you like start to numb your face down? Why would you want to inhibit it? Well, I mean, and look at Mads, like... He looks his he looks like a great version of his age. But he looks his age. Yeah. I mean, he unapologetically like is a sun worshiper yeah. and it's taken its toll yeah. on him. Yeah. And a smoker. But, and he still looks fucking fantastic. <laughs> Damn you, man. Uh, you're fantastic <laughs> Danish jeans. Yeah, it's that Viking jean. God I'm going to repoint out that after Buzz TV thing also has some very poetic language about his cheekbones and facial mm. structure. So I would go read that whole thing. We'll link Mm-mm-mm. it. Um, there's more flashback. This might, I don't remember here where all the ones happen with the snails and stuff. <laughs> it looks so fucking pleased through the entire thing. Um, pardon me for just a moment. Oh, we're talking about he. So it's the flashback with the um, Abel Gideon and the snails and. Oh no, the one I have here is the one where Hannibal finds Bedelia, and the guy she's killed, which I noticed is a flashback in color mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. a gray one, mm-hmm. black and white one, which it's just amazing how Hannibal. Sp- bins things to people where he's like i put you in this position yet i am the only person who can help you in this isn't that so convenient (laughs) and all this stuff where he's like helping her wash off and i'm like if you want things to go well with the police you need to like not do that shit that looks super suspicious and weird um but 
I wondered too if by letting him help her, Bedelia gets more ammunition against Hannibal. Mm. He has set it up as like, this thing happened and I'm the only way you're mm-hmm. going to get out of this. Mm-hmm. But if she's also like, if I let him help me, then I have even more. Yeah, I don't him. know how plotting she is at that point. She seems pretty, um, pretty desperate and pretty like in her trauma mm-hmm. when he finds her. So I, I don't know how like plotting she can be when he's doing that. Well, it also sets up a contrast to Will where like, I, th- I wonder if it's kind of a parallel between her patient and Randall Tear mm-hmm. attacking these people he's cultivated. Mm-hmm. And Will seems to come out of it like, well, I did what I did. Mm-hmm. Like, I did this thing. And she comes out of it like, what the fuck am I, have I done? Right. Yeah. Difference. Yeah. Well, and then we see the sort of the rest of the story later on, like how it happens and like what the that guy was like before mm-hmm. Bedelia killed him and it's that guy is much different than the the Randall Tier Will Graham thing mm-hmm. is much different than the um I can't think of the I don't remember what his name. guy's name but um her patient and her because that whole situation is about what she says later on to Will about seeing that hurt bird and wanting to crush it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what she does. Mm-hmm. And Hannibal knows that's her thing. Yeah. You know, like he knows if I put this guy in her office uh-huh. and he completely freaks out and has a panic attack, she's going to crush him. Yeah. Um, and... I think that's probably the part of her that we have to do a whole Bedelia episode, but I think that's probably the part of her that she wants nobody to see. Mm -hmm. So. Do you think it's because she feels like she wants to be above that? Yeah, I think she wants to be in control. Mm. I mean, she wants to be in control, even though she puts herself in situations where she's definitely not in control she always wants to be in control or she wants to be in control by being removed from whatever's happening so Mm -hmm. that's why he's talking about that like observer participate thing she's like i'm just observing i am the psychiatrist that is sitting here not engaging Mm -hmm. with you in any way and i think you know hannibal knows her button yeah he knows what button to push which is she can't stand to watch something helpless without like going in there and like right that's her thing he's such a bitch (laughs) (laughs) but a great bitch next up the dante lecture which i took is like a very point thing at bedelia it's obviously foreshadowing for Mm -hmm. what comes later with potsy but Mm -hmm. so much of like a Oh, the traitor. Yeah. I mean, also, like, and Will, like, I mean, it's kind of thing, like, look what I did to somebody else. Look what I can do to you. Mm -hmm. Like, don't go against me. Like, no wonder she gets the hell out of there. Mm -hmm. Between Dimon showing up and being kind of cool with it all, and then him talking about being a traitor, I'd be like, I'm leaving. That's goodbye. (laughs) She doesn't do it very... I mean, I'm sorry. If I was in that position, I would... (sighs) 
to peace out in the middle of his lecture and you know he's going to notice it. Right. I'm like, you got to roll out at a different time. Yeah. He's at the office. You're like, I'm going to go shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except you just leave. And you leave all your shit and you don't take a – you just go. Um, It wasn't very thought out. No, it wasn't very thought out at all. Uh, and then Anthony shows up, takes it supposedly in stride thinks he's so cool with the whole thing you know what it kind of reminded me of was like like people who like would you ever read this stuff about someone who's like gets involved with like really shady characters like drug dealers mm-hmm. or something like that mm-hmm. and they think they're totally cool and they're hip with mm-hmm. everything and they're just not like <laughs> you're like no you're it's so. like that episode of the it crowd <laughs> I have not seen that. What? No, I have never watched the IT crowd. Oh, my God, Amy. Sorry. (laughs) There's this great episode where they get involved with guys who are into sports. (laughs) I know nothing about sports. Right. Well, they don't either. There's this app that tells them how to talk about sports with guys who are into sports. (laughs) And so they use the app and they end up becoming involved in this whole, like, group of, like, sports people. Um Uh And then the whole thing ends in this like crazy like bank robbery bank robbery caper. Thank you. <laughs> it's really and funny. That's why I won't deal with sports. Uh, right, exactly. So I respect the bank. No. You really, really should watch it. So I'm smart for not being involved <laughs> with sports or bank robbery. It leads to bank robbery every it time. It leads God. to bank robbery <laughs> in a bad way. <laughs> yeah, right. Not in an anarchist kind of cool way. No. Not the robbery way. There you go. I don't know what the dog wants from you. He likes me. The dog likes me best, but <laughs> you're you're a close second. And I then, live here too. <laughs> and then there was a vast gulf between any us anybody and anybody else. else. Yeah, uh, listeners, I just want to brag. He didn't. Ranger did not bark at Jen when she came in today. Uh, yeah, that's true. He just Major did kind step. of like a welcome thing. Yeah, he barked that somebody was at the door, and then he got super. He was pawing at the door mm-hmm. for us to open it. That's great. And then there was Jen, and there was much excitement. Yeah, and treats. Go so Ranger. proud. Only two and a half years later, Ranger wins the Will Graham Dog Award of the month. Yes. Oh man, we should have totally made that a part of the podcast. <laughs> the Good Dog, the Will Graham Good Dog Award. Will Graham Good Dog Award. <laughs> we should take submissions, and then we'll like. At the end, when we yes. finish up, people submit your good dogs. Yes. What's please. the hashtag for this? <laughs> Will Hasht- Graham Good Dog Awards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Will Graham Good Dog Awards. Hannibal's Bestest Buddies. Exactly. <laughs> Something like that. Um, just to let you all know, our dog's always going to win. <laughs> Aw. Well, I mean, he I've, could be like the, the board. Yeah. Like yeah, that oh, makes yeah, the yeah. decision. Yeah. We're not saying that we're not biased. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our dog's not objectively the best. But like 13 out of 10 every time. Yeah, we do love him. He's doing pretty good. He's he's the dog we didn't know we needed. <laughs> We're the people who probably did the best for him. Um, with Anthony, that whole conversation about breaking on the wheel and twisting and mm-hmm. all of that. I was like, what a great foreshadowing for what actually fucking happens to him. Right. Like, Anthony. Yeah, you're so fucking cool. <laughs> just a and yeah, it's funny because I think he means it more in like I'm up for anything kind of way. Yeah. And I was like, I bet you aren't. <laughs> and then you know, it just goes on the whole observing, participating. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole, this is like where my empathy kicks in when he like 
like hits him with the bust, mm-hmm. which I forgot what it was. Was it a phrenology phrenology bust or something like that? No, I, I don't to think it was. it was. I'm sure there was a point to it. Yeah, and Anthony's like dragging himself across, trying the floor. to get to the door. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, all I can do is project myself into his situation. What Mm -hmm. would it feel like to be Mm -hmm. there? That is so fucked up. Mm -hmm. Well, these people have this pseudo-intellectual conversation over you. They're so fucked up. Yes. Um, And then Hannibal breaks his neck, which points out how controlled he was with Mason where he can do the same thing yet leave Mason alive mm-hmm. versus mm. when he can kill somebody doing right. that. Right. Because anatomy, I guess. Science. Because <laughs> science. science. Although um, somebody told me once that that whole neck cracking thing is completely impossible. Like it's the worst way to kill a person <laughs> because it doesn't actually kill them and yeah it's like very them. ineffective and you can't really get the a a person who knew her krav maga told uh-huh. me that um so i don't know so you will disable somebody but you will not necessarily yeah kill them. yeah yeah you, you hurt them really bad but there are more efficient ways to kill a person with yeah, your hands <laughs> i guess i'm thinking that the whole thing is like Go for it, Jen. I am. Jen's eating the white chocolate dipped strawberry. I guess it's the sort of thing of like, you really have to, I mean, if you damage somebody's spinal cord, you are affecting their body, but you like probably really have to take it out in order to affect things like their heart and lungs. And Mm -hmm. like, it seems like if you break, I I don't know, maybe I should look it up. Except then it's going to lead me down like a very uncomfortable, like, like medical stuff we what, a, why are, are medical you this? does anybody want to be our on-call medical expert oh we met we met a medical expert at the fatable fast oh the doctor yeah the doctor and to be doctor mm-hmm. she said she would be on the podcast oh yeah do that. where does she on. live canada <laughs> You sound like you, you sound like the uh, Avenue Q song about my girlfriend in Canada. Alberta. Well, I have a friend from Alberta. So. Yeah, we do have a friend from Alberta, Canada. Breaking Next is actually one of the best um, for fully sound effects. You get the good crunching, ah! multiple crunching sounds. Well, and the, yeah, it's yeah, very like, dramatic. Yeah, I it is. Find it, but like the 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 quick easy way to do that is just crunching a water ball. You gotta go. Mm. And it it gives a very like decisive physical. Yeah, and then it's done. Right. Yeah. Um, I had to demonstrate. Poor scarf dad. Poor scarf dad. I forgot he has become such. A, I mean, he's become such a fandom staple that I forgot that he's in a single episode. One episode, which explains why when the actor came to the con, yeah. he was just like, "This was like a. I just went and filmed this episode and was done, and now I'm here." Four years later. I'm what now? People are doing I'm who? What? I'm doing what with who? What? Well, because I got him to sign my um, uh, three, of three, of three of Swords with the heart on yeah. his card, and he didn't get it. And I tried to explain it to him, and I don't think he got it. He's like, I'm just an actor. <laughs> I would like to point out a very well-spoken hot actor. Yeah, he was, he's a very tall guy. Yeah. And very much like the sort of uh, introverted always carries a book with him kind of he was holding pie. on to that glass of wine like it was gonna <laughs> save him 
Um, but I guess it's the thing, like, I, I would think that if you went to something and by the end of the weekend, mm-hmm. he had totally loosened up. Yeah. And I wonder if it's a thing where, like, I would think it would be flattering to realize that you're like, I showed up for a day's work and did my best job that mm-hmm. I could and to realize it made a huge impact on mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Like that it really served the story. Yeah. I, I don't think that would be a great thing. Yeah, to yeah. He was totally chill about it at the end of it all. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm sure it was sort of confusing. <laughs> and then the three of hearts, I looked up and read just in the exhaustive list of meanings. Mm. Are, I say three of hearts, but three of swords. Tarot card. Mm-hmm. Um, which, to sum up, heartbreak, unhappiness, sorrow, sadness, period of <laughs> difficulty or hardship. <laughs> and there you go. Yeah. Like, couldn't we, I mean, I feel like it's one of those moments where you don't have to know the meaning behind the thing to understand what the thing symbolizes, oh, totally. but it is a great way, like, to see it and know it. Yeah. To be like, here is the, the broken heart mm-hmm. and that it is mm-hmm. reemphasized. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. also, it's a very, so when you're working with tarot, if you're really talking about deep emotion, usually you're talking about the cups, the suit of cups, which mm. hold water. And emotion and all that stuff. I think it's interesting that we're talking about the the swords because it's more about that, like, what's in your head and what you're battling with than what you're really, really, like, what's really in front of you. Like an intellectual versus emotional? Yes. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting choice to be like. Swords are air? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, in a way, is it almost like him putting out his thoughts about the whole situation versus really delving into his feelings about it in a way or marrying the I think so. I mean, that's how I would interpret it is that it's it's the story he's telling himself in his head about Mm -hmm. the relationship rather than the actual emotions underneath of it. And it's like the being dramatic. It's like doing that is like the passive aggressive Facebook post of breakups. (laughs) You're like, well, you know, when people do blah, 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 it's really hard (laughs) on the people in their life versus like contacting the person you had a problem with and being like, we need to hash out the shit that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not seeing Hannibal like break down in tears and Mm -hmm. stuff, but Hannibal Hannibal needs a different therapist. (laughs) He needs a therapist, (laughs) but a different one. Well, he said, he told her, he was like, you should have gotten me another therapist. (laughs) Not just dropped me. (laughs) Yeah, she did. She just dumped him and then never like, that's not ethical. I feel like most therapists should be like, I can't help you. you I like that they should recognize, like, I, it's not ethical. I'm not able to treat this patient, but, you know. I'm so interested in this gonna, patient, and I want to see what happens. I'll get a year up with you. This must have been so fun to film. Like, they must have had such a good time. I, yeah, well, they talk about, in interviews, they talk about filming in Italy, and they're just like, yeah, it's great, because we went over there, and we had big dinners every night, and just hung out, and it was fabulous. <laughs> Showed up in some fancy clothes, did a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, and apparently, like, all their partners came over, and they were just like, woohoo! Mm, yeah. I should be so lucky. Mm-hmm. Right, follow I'm available for whatever you need. Not a very good actor. Um... <laughs> I can run we errands. Can do something. I can get people coffee. I can make the coffee for them. 
I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that was the end of that episode. A little breather. We missed it, um, the whole snails. Oh, the snails. Oh, the snail part. Yeah. Mm. I feel like the snail part was sort of like a precursor to the whole part in Lithuania. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, oh, I guess the snail part didn't really speak to me. Really? I enjoyed Abel Gideon's role in the whole mm. thing because he's kind of the only person in this episode that's like, <laughs> shit together. This is bullshit. <laughs> You're you're just fooling yourself, and yeah, because he says like, "Wouldn't you rather be eating dinner with Will Graham?" Yeah. <laughs> and I can't, I can't wait until you're the one, you know. Yeah. So, well, yeah. the whole thing when he's sitting there with, he's like tapping, oh yeah, a fork on the fork. thing, and I'm like, and Hannibal doesn't say anything, <laughs> just like. Hannibal doesn't say anything, and halfway through that, I'm the one who's like, "We fucking stop!" It's like a kid. <laughs> He's like a kid at a meal, and you're like, "Just stop doing the annoying totally, shit." Totally, totally. Um, but it, but you know, his role through the whole series has been kind of to play Hannibal's id, mm-hmm. or shorthand, the movie version of Hannibal, um, to Maz's Hannibal, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's just like more of that stuff. It's like me, yeah, yeah. I want to be with Will. <laughs> but you're going to have to do right now. Waste tapping the plate has the same look as when we tried to feed Ranger a banana. <laughs> like, like <laughs> really? Fuck you. Really? <laughs> really? Come on. I'll take it, but I'm not going to like it. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he like stops, he's like, stop, 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 stop. I felt like the parts with Abel, mm-hmm. like they were fine, but they, and they were there to underscore, mm-hmm. underline other parts of the story. Mm-hmm. I guess I just didn't find them super compelling. Mm. Even I love Eddie Izzard and I love mm. seeing him and I love how his his just doneness with the whole situation. <laughs> I just like comedians <laughs> doing serious roles because they hit it so hard. Yeah, because they're just like they've studied the economy of 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 gesture and like they do everything with like this precision. That's like damn. <laughs> yeah, he's and and speaking of, has he done anything recently? Has he been active? I don't. Didn't he have a tour last year? Maybe. Like a stand-up? Maybe I don't know. was the last attention. thing I think he's done. I haven't really been following his stuff too much. I should look up. Yeah. Because I do like it. And I'm glad that he did this show. Like, it makes me... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think that was it. I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Oh, my God. I love the season so much. <laughs> so, so much. It's crazy. It's off the rails. It is like, it is like I hadn't. I remember. I think it was like the kaleidoscopic sex scene when I first mm-hmm. watched it, where I was like, "They just do not fucking care." <laughs> but looking back at it from the beginning, I'm like, "They just didn't give a shit Mm-mm. from the beginning." They were like, nope. "We're just gonna go." And the whole thing, like, I don't know how much the apartment that Bedelia and Hannibal have, like, what was set mm-hmm. versus what what. What was? Yeah, it's hard to in tell. Person. Mm-hmm. It's just so like you think Hannibal's house is a lot, and then you see that apartment, and you're like, oh Jesus Christ, <laughs> this is a fucking lot. <laughs> he um, was toning it down for Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, you think this is elaborate, but Let's wait until I get the into the guilt because uh, then it's just gonna go like, give me some gold, and it's gonna go. And the like, I didn't pay attention to whatever the. Their apartment has like a 
A fresco? A fresco on the uh-huh. ceiling yeah. and everything. It made me want to go to Florence. I've never really been particularly interested in Italy, but mm. after seeing this th- third season, like, I really want to go to Florence. Mm. Sorry, I was going to make it <laughs> off color. Like, I was going to be like, well, airfare is probably real cheap. Flights are cheap. For the foreseeable future. Right we now, are. We are. They're just shy of 6,000 infected right recording now. Recording this in the midst of yeah. the coronavirus escalation i guess you'd call mm-hmm. it um and i think italy just went on like a quarantine yeah lockdown. they did so large parts of italy um yeah. so if you could get there cheaply you couldn't get back they wouldn't yes. let you in the country but i'm wondering i was wondering if it's things where like if people are thinking uh are planning ahead mm-hmm. and are, if it's economical you know oh, if you're gonna like be sick you should go somewhere with socialized medicine hmm Mm-hmm. What saying. is this socialized medicine you speak of, Justin? I don't know what you're talking you about. You know how like we have to fight for getting medical care? <laughs> they just gotta give it away. Liar! <laughs> Witch! Uncivilized. <laughs> Speaks the devil's truth. What kind of pie-in-the-sky <laughs> ideas are you yeah, scouting over work. there? Oh, no, no. The public healthy is a bad idea. What? Justin's full of shit. Wait, wait, wait. If we keep everybody healthy as a community, it will help each of us individually. What are you talking about? What about the rich people? (laughs) Just work. so unfair. You just work until you get ground up in the machine, and then that's it. (laughs) And then somebody else takes your place. (laughs) Just shut up. That was God intended. (laughs) Justin. (laughs) Interloper. (laughs) We don't believe you. So I'm going to steal something from the podcast. The villain is right. They do. Uh, they do a scale for each episode. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a try today. A scale of eating your own nose to to eating your own brain. I give this episode a snails who are feeding off your amputated body parts. <laughs> oh, I didn't know they did a very Hannibal accurate. Well, no, they they kind of they come up with a different one for every oh. every oh. single episode, oh. and like 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 which is a callback to things in the episode. So. Oh, yeah. Did they do a Hannibal episode? Not yet. Well, I can recommend it because they're... Yeah, they have to. Oh, so these were your own designations. Okay. I just want to make sure these are Justin's creative decisions. No, I I like that. (laughs) So on a... That could could replace the whole thing that we tried before. On a thread of (laughs) eating your own nose versus eating your own brains, (laughs) this one comes up as... It's eating snails who are fed off your amputated body parts. Uh, Obviously. That's exactly how I feel about this episode. Okay. And I'm going to notice, I don't think this is quite so much of a spectrum as a continuum, as a circle, maybe an infinity (laughs) sign. It's all kind of amorphous. People people can decide where on the spectrum it feels. Wow. I feel like we've gone real off target on this episode, (laughs) but it's kind of... That's because that's what the episode is about. Yes, it is. Which is good. I like it when we get nonlinear. Uh, so it's recommendations. <laughs> I don't have any other than all the shit I talked about before we discussed the episodes. Yeah, so. I know. You had a lot of really good ones. I, know. I just I wanted to recommend um, something I haven't seen promoted too much on Netflix, but it's on Netflix called Horse Girl. Um, with that was weird. I watched Alison Bree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I specifically wanted to recommend it on this podcast because it's about the story of this woman who um, is spiraling down into some sort of schizophrenia. It's really uncomfortable that way. Yeah, and it's really so, like, kind you of kind of wonder: is this funny? 
like maybe not. Yeah. yeah. So I went into it thinking like, oh, it's going to be a quirky Alison Brie kind of thing and maybe it a little is. funny and a little weird. And it gets very kind of scary. Um, I think especially if you have ever worried about like uh, somebody, the state of your mind oh, or or like if you come from a family, which in her case is like why sh- she did the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a history of mental illness in your family, and you're worried that, like, it's going to happen to you, too, which is really what the story is about. Um, but she plays this incredibly quirky, um, socially awkward person who spirals down, or not, depending on how you interpret the movie, um, into uh, paranoid schizophrenia. Um, and I thought it was really well done and really creepy and i don't even know if they meant it to be as creepy as it was but yeah check it out good times <laughs> oh yeah all my recommendations came before i'm trying I'm i've like, got Is there anything i've got a quick one I um i figure like there's so many true crime true crime podcasts and there's like so many dungeons and dragon podcasts you might as well just pick one it doesn't really quite matter which one <laughs> but for the true crime one i recommend dark poutine it's out of Canada, obviously. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it. It's good because the guys actually are, they do get, they do get really upset about a lot of the material that they're talking about and have to stop occasionally. Oh, wow. So they, they treat it with respect and they, it's a lot of stuff that you haven't heard as much of because it's Canada. Or you've heard like kind of an outline of it because like they run out of uh, true crime in America occasionally. Hmm. But it's it's newer it's stories that you're not as familiar with. Their delivery, their research is really good. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a th- criteria I sometimes have for some of the podcasts like that, where I want more than I'm going to pull from a Wikipedia entry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I want some. I want to like aggregate the sources you want well-researched yeah stuff yeah and i don't think it has to be an academic level of research but uh-huh. more than like i pulled up the wikipedia right entry. And then I they come in to... with a perspective on it too that's good yeah and i take not just a uh like reciting facts mm-hmm. i want to know your interpretation of the facts mm-hmm. um so thanks justin Maybe I'll check that out. True crime stuff is really like, it's weird. When I worked at Borders, I actually shelved the true crime section. Mm-hmm. So I would look at a lot of the stuff <laughs> and I read some of it. Uh-huh. Um, but it's like I said, the thing of finding entertainment through other people's real life pain. It's yeah. the same way I'm weird about people who are into ghosts and hauntings and haunted places. Hmm. Is I'm like, a lot of times these supposed ghosts and all are supposed to be coming out of situations of like oh tragedy and yeah absolutely i that's one thing i cannot watch when they go into the abandoned mental health facilities plantations plantations and look around for like traumatized ghosts i fucking hate that i'm like you could be giving airtime to let's not do this anymore instead and, and I'm like, I mean, if it's, I'm sort of ambivalent on ghost stuff. It's the like, I don't know if I believe in it, but I don't believe it's not there mm-hmm. thing. But the using it as a, a source of entertainment, it real life situations as a source of entertainment, right. because I understand that human beings uh, fictionalize 
things in order to cope with them and it does become entertainment but yeah 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 it's totally different from like a horror movie and you'd be talking about somebody that like oh they went through this horrible thing and now Mm -hmm. they're like yeah like jason or whatever freddy krueger or whatever because i think there is in particular a fascination and it happens with the serial killer stuff and all you're like why Mm -hmm. to me the fascination is more on the like how does somebody end up like this Mm -hmm. versus the exhaustive description of the terrible shit that they did um which i for some reason about a year ago ended up reading maybe it's because i saw it referenced somewhere but i ended up reading it more on jeffrey dahmer Uh and i kind of like knew what had happened but had not read the details of what he'd done and it was it's fucking horrifying it's not entertaining yeah no um so that to loop back around to the beginning yeah it's just not a thing so Maybe I'll check that out because I I appreciate the fact if podcast hoster dealing with real life true crime things are recognizing the importance mm-hmm. of what they are talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can visit us at headfulofhannibal.com, headfulofhannibal on Tumblr and Instagram. I have been active on neither. I've really not been on Tumblr yeah, at no, all. Um, though we do have a Tumblr there and we post and we update. We are Headful of Hanny on Twitter, and you can email us at headfulofhannibal at gmail.com. And we are available if you're not already listening to us on other <laughs> platforms. That doesn't make any sense. Though I did realize, Justin, we, we need to set up something on our blog that is a contact us section. We do not have our email listed anywhere. <laughs> Try and find us. Headful of Hannibal. <laughs> at gmail.com because <laughs> i went looking for something and was like wait people mm. can ask us through tumblr but if they don't if they're, and they're not on tumblr then that's it that's the only they way they can to... email us but we don't have that listed well anywhere. you know when we had the whole phone number they should have called us well, so oh well too bad um we but... found you delightful come on interact with <laughs> oh, us yes we, we like yes. you all we're 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 not just talking to ourselves. Yeah, I don't and know. we do get occasional Tumblr. Somebody had responded. You responded it. to that one, right? Where I forwarded. I, I yes. did, but I feel like my heart is broken, and I'm going to Europe, and I'm just gonna just go it on a killing <laughs> spree. So, but we do appreciate all any feedback, um, yeah. and particularly the very sweet things people have said to us. We promise not to kill and eat you. <laughs> we promise not in to, front of you. Yeah, we promise not to like. <clears throat> Pull you into our web of dysfunctional relationshipness and then run off to <laughs> Europe with you, unless that's really what you want. Yeah, you're participating us together. Can we huh? just ride around Europe and bust us together? This would be fun. <laughs> I know, I'd like to run around Europe. Uh, so, yeah, so that is it for season three, episode one of Hannibal. We're looking forward to the rest of the season. It only gets weirder from here. <laughs> it's gonna get crazier from there. Uh, so, yeah, we will see you next time. Thanks. Bye. ASMR. <laughs> oh, we forgot.